This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Come on up, guys, and uh, and uh, take on over. This is Reverend Dana Niles, so let's make him welcome here. All right. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Hey, it's good to be back, and this is the best the best place to be on a Sunday night, right here. We love it here in Barstow. We love this church. Y'all just make us feel so at home. It's like, uh, you know, we, we just fit in. We belong. And, and that's, because, that's because of you guys. You're so open and you're so, so easy to minister to, so easy to preach to. And uh, I know this morning it was a lot of stories and maybe for some too many stories. So tonight we're getting into the Word. And uh, I really like that. So uh, I, I'm prepared to preach a little. <laughs> may teach a little, yeah, I, and people always said that I was a preacher, so I can teach and preach. The more I meditate and study on a subject, the more the preach gets on me, and uh, so I've been meditating on this for a while. <laughs> so, my wife, she's going, she could preach this message, she's heard it so many times. <laughs> but uh, I, I did ask the Lord... Back when we, we transitioned off, off the, uh, the mission field, I mean, we were, you know, traveling, traveling, traveling there for, in, in various countries. But when we got here about Christmas time, we got home just in time for Christmas. I think we had like three days and then it was Christmas. So we got a white Christmas in Butte, Montana. And then I started asking the Lord, what, what do you have for the American church? Is there anything special that you might have for them? And he was very quickly, he led me to that word from, from uh, Kenneth Hagin. And I read that this morning, but I want to read it again so that it's fresh in your thinking once, once again. This is found in Tongues Beyond the Upper Room, one of the last books that uh, Brother Hagin did. And it's in the last chapter of that book, but this word goes like this. We have seen the wave called the Healing Revival. We have seen the wave called the charismatic movement. We have seen the wave of faith and of teaching of God's word. But now another wave is coming. It's the wave of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, we've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited fashion, but a wave is coming that will bring his power on a higher level and in a far greater measure than we've ever seen heretofore. It's coming. The waves of the Holy Ghost are building higher. Don't stay on the old wave of yesterday's move of the Spirit. Swim out to the deep waters of the Spirit realm by praying in the Holy Ghost. And get on the next wave of God's purposes for this hour. Then keep on praying so that you can ride that new wave as it builds and builds in divine power and glory. Brother Hagin went on to say, I'm convinced the wave that is coming will be twice as high as the healing wave, the charismatic wave, or the faith wave. In fact, it'll be twice as high as all of them put together. I believe it's going to be the wave that sweeps us right on into the shores of the glory world. Now, that's, that was kind of the beginning of this message because the Lord had me go look at that again and meditate on that. And, and then this morning I told you about Joel chapter 2 and how that fit right in, how that, he, that we're, to, we're to actually be praying for the early and the latter rain to happen at the same time. We're to get into the Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost like never before. And this is something else that the Lord told me. He said, praying in tongues is going to be cool again. Yeah. You know, back in the, in, the, in the revival, in the charismatic movement, that charismatic revival, praying in tongues was cool. Yeah. 
That's actually what attracted me to God. You know, my wife and I, we were sharing a little bit at lunchtime. But Liz and I, we grew up in the 70s. We went to high school in the 70s, and we were hippies. I had hair down the middle of my back. I mean, I was a dope-smoking hippie. And, I, you know, thank God I got saved. You know, and I did have a background in Christianity to a degree. My my parents took me to, you know, an old-style church, a a church that I couldn't find God there. Somehow my parents did. I don't know how they did. But I was looking and, and couldn't find. But then I heard about these people that were speaking in tongues. I heard about they're praying in languages that they've never even learned before. And then I heard, and they're getting people healed. And I thought, really? I want to see that. I want to see, I want to experience some of that. And it took me a while to find some people like that, but I, but I did. And it, it really made an impact on my life. You know, and in the book of Acts, we saw a similar thing. And this morning we were looking at how that there's a pattern in the Word. When people pray, the heavens open and the Holy Spirit comes down. We saw Jesus while He was being baptized in water. He was praying and what happened? The heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove upon Him. He then began His, his earthly ministry. He then began His supernatural ministry. We also saw that when Solomon was dedicating the temple, that temple that his dad wanted to build and couldn't, Solomon, when he, when he finished praying, the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifice, and the glory of God filled that temple to the point that the priest couldn't even go in there to minister. And then we saw in Acts chapter 2, one of my favorite chapters, <laughs> Acts chapter 2, they were praying. They were all in one accord in one place, and they were having a prayer meeting. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came in there like a rushing mighty wind, filled the whole room, and then divided tongues of fire was on everybody's head, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then what happened? Well, if you keep reading that passage, you'll see that the people that were there were attracted to that, just like I was attracted to that. And I didn't have near the demonstration that they had, but they had this demonstration going on, and people came, and some of them were amazed. I'd be in the amazed category. I'd be, I'd be flat amazed, because they were hearing them give the praises of God, give the glory of God in their own languages. Some were amazed. Some were perplexed. Whatever could this mean? Some even were confused. Some mocked and said, well, they're drunk. They're just full of wine. They're just drunk. And so Peter stood up and he just said, no, this was that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, where, where it says that God will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. See, even today you can have those same categories of people. They hear about the, the things of the spirit and, and some were amazed. Amazed. I think we're going to have way more amazement going on in these last days. Because as, as we cry out to God, and this is, this is the thing that the Lord is showing me when we were traveling from country to country. He's wanting people from every tongue and every tribe to be calling out to Him. He wants people from every tongue and every tribe to go ahead and be filled with the Holy Ghost and praying in other tongues. He's wanting this, everybody to participate because it's a worldwide revival that is hitting right now. 
Like I said earlier, we don't get to go to those places where it's hitting. We go to the places where it needs to be, <laughs> including the United States of America. We need revival in this land. We've got to have it. So what, what is our part to play? Well, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. We need to go ahead and pray and ask God to pour out the rain, to pour out of His Spirit like He's done before. If you're a student of revival, you'll know that if, if God did it before, He can do it again. He can do it. He has not lost the recipe. Hallelujah. And so if you've seen Him do it before or you've read about Him doing it before, you then have faith to ask Him, do it again. And that's what He's asking us to do. It's almost like that in America especially, we need a prayer revival before we can have the revival. <laughs> because we need people praying. And I heard it this way. I think it was Mark Brzee talking about it. His dad was a caterpillar salesman. Not the little caterpillar, but the big earth-moving machinery. His dad sold that. And he sold one of these big cats, one of these big dozers. It was so big that it had to actually have a gasoline engine for a starter. And so first you would start the gasoline engine, and then that would then start this huge diesel. It, and so he was saying, you know, that's, that's what we're looking at as a need for the church right now in America. We need a little gasoline engine to get cranking. We need the prayer revival to get moving so that then the big old diesel can go ahead and crank up. And this is what God's wanting to do here in America. He's wanting revival to hit. And he's wanting it, but we've got to do our part. We've got to go ahead and pray in the Spirit. And we saw that as we pray, the heavens open, things begin to fall, the Spirit of God comes down. Amen. And we saw this morning that how sounds, fire, glory, power, the Holy Spirit, His anointing, they've come from heaven as people pray. But there's an, there is another place that this power is going to flow from, and we need to grab a hold of it as well. Do you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38? Let me remind you. Jesus said, He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Another translation says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Another translation says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. See, this is the place that God wants us to get to. He wants us so full of the Holy Ghost that it's just pouring out of us like a river of living water. He wants us to get to that place. And this is, this is, uh, this is the picture that I get. He's wanting us to pray and ask Him to pour out His Spirit from heaven. And He's wanting us to pray in the Holy Ghost. He's wanting rivers of living water to flow out of us. And see, when, when what's flowing out of us meets up with what's coming down from heaven, we're going to have a storm. Because when one front in the natural, when a cold front hits a warm front, what do you have? You got some action. <laughs> I mean, you, you got lightning, you got thunder, you got action. The same is going to take place when the, the rivers flowing out of us meet up with what God is pouring out from heaven. We're going to have some action. 
We're going to have some signs. We're going to have some wonders. We're going to have some sounds coming from heaven. We're going to have some sights coming from heaven. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be healings. There's going to be things that attract the attention of the lost. This is, this is what God's wanting to do. I'm convinced of it. So power poured out from heaven, but also power coming out of the believer. Now go with me to, to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We will get into the Word now. <laughs> that was kind of review and then some. But Matthew 24. This is the, the great prophetic chapter. We quoted it out. I quoted out of it this morning. Matthew 24:14, where it says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people group. And then when that takes place, the end will come. So the end is not going to happen until all these tongues and tribes have heard. Right now, there's still 7,000 of them that need to have a church in their culture. Three and a half thousand of them that have never even heard the name of Jesus even once. And so they've got to hear, they've got to come into the kingdom before, before this is, this is over with. We saw that God, God, he's the best farmer there ever was, and he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting to get the harvest that he deserves, the harvest that he wants. He planted his best seed, his only begotten son, and he's wanting the biggest family he can get. That's why there's so many people living on the planet right here, right now. And so Matthew 24, it's prophetic about the return of Jesus. But I want us to read verses uh, 37. We'll start there. Verse 37, it says this, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So when Jesus comes, it's going to be like it was in Noah's day. Now, well, let's keep reading. Verse 38 and 39. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So when Jesus returns, it's going to be like it was in Noah's day. And in the past, whenever I've read this, I've asked myself the question, well, what was it like in Noah's day? And the immediate answer or the immediate thing that comes to my thinking is, well, in Noah's day, sin was running rampant. In fact, it tells us that the Bible tells us sin and iniquity was full. It got so full that God had to do something about it. He couldn't just sit back and let it go on any longer. And so what did he do? Well... God poured out His wrath and wiped them all out. It, you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of sobering, but He did. He poured out His wrath and wiped them all out except for Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives. So Noah and his bunch, eight people. And if you read in the Scriptures and research it a little bit, these were the eight people on the earth that God considered righteous. These ones were in faith, in faith, that something better was coming. It's similar to Abraham, who was in faith that the Messiah was coming. Well, I'm not sure they quite understood the concept of Jesus as a Savior, but the Scripture does tell us that God considered them righteous. By faith, they got into that. Well, if we think about it today, 
Who are the righteous ones on the planet today? That would be the church. The true born-again crowd, we are the righteous ones. Well, in Noah's day, the eight righteous went into the ark. They were protected. They were saved. God poured out his wrath, but not on his own. He poured out his wrath on those who would not come in and on those who rejected all that he had done and all that he was doing. Well, today, there's going to be a similar thing. Now, (laughs) y'all looking at me like, this is not good news. (laughs) It gets to be good news. So hang on, hang on with me. See, we know from the, the book of Revelation that God is going to pour out His wrath on, on, on people. He's, gonna pour, he's not going to just keep going forever and ever, letting sin do what, do what it's doing. Now, the good news, just like God would not pour out His wrath on Noah and his family, God is not going to pour out His wrath on His children. He's not going to pour out His wrath on His own body. And so we get to actually get on out of here. Glory to God. We get to get on out of here in something that most church people call the rapture. And some get all uptight about it. Well, that word rapture is not even in the Bible. It's, It's not even in the Bible. Well, it is, but it's called something slightly different. Amen? See, the saving of Noah and his family... In the ark is a type and a shadow or a prophetic example of the time we're living in today. Today, the born-again crowd, we've been made, the right, been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And so, that Noah and his family going into the ark is like the church, this big family here on earth, going out in the rapture. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10, it tells us, to wait for Jesus to come from heaven, who will deliver us from the wrath to come. Glory. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19, verse 9 actually says, God did not appoint us to wrath. He's not going to pour out his wrath on his own. This is good news. Glory to God. And see, that, that word rapture, now you can read about it in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. And if... If, if I was teaching in Vietnam, we'd go and we'd study this until you were convinced. But I think you're in a church that's already studied this and you're already convinced. So I'm just going to give you a few highlights about this rapture and then we'll take on from there. But let me read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. Listen, listen to what it says. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17 says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Glory to God. People say, where's that word rapture? It's right there. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up. Now, if you look that up in other translations, one of them says that we will actually be snatched. Another one says we will be snatched by forceful seizure. I like that. Because it gives me the picture of my great heavenly Father reaching down and snatching us out of here before all the bad stuff really takes place. Now, some of the bad stuff is already taking place. That's because there's always a little bit of an overlap between uh, between ages. 
See, we are in the last of the last days of the church age of grace. And because we're in this church age of grace, there is no wrath being poured out by God Almighty. But when we're taken out of here, then that wrath is going to be poured out, but we won't be here. (laughs) Hallelujah. And see, God, before this takes place, God's wanting the biggest harvest that He can get. He wants everybody that He can get. Now, I was thinking about this and meditating on it, considering this, you know, as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. I was thinking about that, and and then I, I thought, well, you know, in Noah's day, there was animals brought into that ark. And I thought, Lord, is there any... Anything to that for today? You know, I, I know God's into animals because he made a whole bunch of them. <laughs> you know, and talk about diversity. Liz and I got to go to the San Diego Zoo and there's critters in there. I mean, it's amazing what God did when he created animals. And so God was into animals and he, he, he had two from every species go into the ark to preserve them. But today, I, I was asking the Lord, what about today? Is this... Is this any kind of prophetic example, any kind of type and shadow for today? And the Lord just dropped this into my heart. He says, I'm into people. And then he said, I want people from every tongue, every tribe, every people group. I want every language. I want them in the ark. I want them in this rapture. I want them part of the, of the family of God that is caught up and that is snatched by forced seizure. I want them in that ark. The ark needs to be full before we take out of here. And it needs to include all of these people. Well, he knew that that would just bless me, and it did. It just blessed my socks off, and I had to, I had to stand up and run around my office a little bit when he said that to me. Woohoo! <laughs> Because I'd never even connected the two before. There's no way I would connect that unless he dropped it into my spirit. And see, we don't, we don't actually have to rely on that because we know in the book of Revelation, when they're all gathered behind, around the throne, there's people from every tongue, every tribe, every people group, every language group. They're gathered around the throne, giving God praise, giving God worship. And then you have to ask yourself, how'd they get there? They got there because people, the church living on the earth, went out and reached them. And then the rapture, they were included. See, because there are people that say, well, we don't have to reach every tongue and every tribe because some of those can come in during the tribulation times. Yeah, but see, Jesus, before he left, he said he gave the church the Great Commission. He told us, you go preach this gospel to every creature. You go make disciples of every tongue, every tribe, every people group. He didn't say that to the tribulation people. He said that to the church. He said that to us. So it is our job to go out there. You know, I hear people say that and I go, yeah, well, you're just copping out. See, they're just wanting an easy way. They're just wanting, well, we can go ahead and get out of here, you know, and then... The, the tribulation, that'll cause these tribes that haven't been reached. You know, if they haven't been reached, obviously there's a reason they haven't been reached. They're tough to reach. <laughs> and so it's going to have to be the tribulation. That'll No, they're tough to reach, but yet they're reachable. And the best way to reach them is to go ahead and train the tribes that are close to them, the ones that have been reached, because in every geographical nation that these tribes live in, there, are, there is a church. 
It's not part of that tongue or tribe, but it's there. And so what do we need to do? Well, as American missionaries, we need to go in and teach. Everywhere we go, people say to us, Hey, uh, you, you guys know so much. Won't you please come teach us what you know? And if we'll just go teach them what we know, then they will go reach this tongue, this tribe that is close to them. They're already speaking a language that is similar to them. Their culture and customs are known to these people. They can easily go get them and bring them on in. This is what's going to, this is what's taking place. It's happening now. I get so blessed when I hear about missionaries going from third world countries to another place. The Filipinos are doing this and they, they do it really well. Because the Filipinos, when they go into another culture, they don't try to impose their own Philippine culture on them. They go into that culture and realize they got their own culture. Now let's give them the gospel. We'll go ahead and flow with what they got here. And so they're really good missionaries. Now there's some other Asians that uh, I, I could mention a, a country and you would recognize it. When they go into another Asian country, they just try to impose their own church. And so when they go into another nation, they try to make the church like what's in their nation. Well, American missionaries used to do this. We kind of figured out that's not how you do it. It took us a while. <laughs> Hallelujah, but we figured it out. Well, this other nation, they need to figure that out too. When they go into another culture, hey, don't try to make them like you. Give them the good news. Let them express it in their own culture the way that they need to do it. And when they do it that way, they grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. See, it, it doesn't take much for me to go into missions. It doesn't take much for me to, to go off on a side shoot into, into missionary, uh, into missiology, because it, it's, it's huge in me. Well, this is what God's wanting to do. And as we look at these types and shadows, we can see some similarities. Now let's look at verse 37 again. Matthew 24. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So we've seen some similarities. They're easy to see if you're open to see them. But we're not finished yet. See, there was a flood in Noah's day. And there's going to be a flood in our day as well. That's what Brother Hagin saw in that vision. He saw this huge wave of the Spirit crashing on the shore and causing a flood. Now, it's not going to be a flood of water like it was in Noah's day, because in Genesis chapter 9, we know after that flood, God said He'd never flood the earth again with water. But yet in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 9 and Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14, God said the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory as the waters cover the sea. Now let me ask you, how well does water cover the sea? Pretty good. I mean, it's pretty much every, all of it. <laughs> and the, the word says the glory of God and see, most of the times when preachers use those verses, they just say the glory of God's going to cover the earth like the water covers the sea. But that's not what it said. What it said was the knowledge of the glory of God would cover this earth like the waters cover the sea. See, that's important. Why is it important? Because I'm a firm believer that when this glory hits... Everybody's going to know where it came from. Everybody's going to know what it's about. 
and then they're going to have to make a decision. See, in fact, we have verses, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 5 says, The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. So the glory of God's going to be revealed, and everybody's going to know. They're going to know what it is. They're going to know where it came from. They're going to know why it's here. So there's going to be another flood, but this time it's not going to be water. It's going to be glory. It's going to be this huge wave of the Spirit that Brother Hagin saw. And it's not just coming out of heaven, but it's also coming out of believers. Now, I want you to, to picture a flood in your imagination. Let's just briefly talk about what, if a flood were to come to Barstow. Now, don't, don't dwell on it. I think it would be kind of a far-fetched deal for it to happen in the natural. Uh, maybe you have some flash floods from time to time. But I, I'm talking about one of these soaking floods. And see, if it's big enough, and, and people do, they do various things to try to hold floods back. They, they build dikes, then they put sandbags out, and people have tried their hardest to keep a flood from reaching their property or reaching their town. But if a flood is big enough, no dike, no sandbag, nothing can hold it back. And this is what I believe God is getting ready to do in these last times. He's going to flood this earth and it's going to be so big that even the far left liberals and the atheists and the humanists and, and, these, and the Muslims and the, and the Hindus and, and the Buddhists and all these other isms, all of those guys, all of these ones that have said this Christian God stuff is never going to touch me. I believe God is going to burst in on them with this flood of glory. And there's going to be multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Going to have to make a decision. Going to have to make a choice. And I, I think a majority of them are going to choose God. They're going to choose right. This is how some of this end time harvest is going to come in. Of course, now there's going to be others that are going to go, eh, you know, I choose not to believe. Hey, it's right there in front of you. Hey, a miracle just happened right there next to you. Well, I choose not to believe. you got people like that today. They, the evidence all around them, and they, well, I choose not to believe. I'm just going to be hard. Well, that's tough. But yet, see, that's been going on throughout history as well. And so, you know, not everybody's going to jump into the ark. God wants them all. You know, I can remember thinking about uh, back in, uh, in Pharaoh's day when the children of Israel were slaves. And uh, Pharaoh, he saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And the scripture says that his heart just got harder and harder. In fact, the scripture even says that God hardened his heart. I remember looking at that and going, now, God, I mean, he's hard enough. Why would you harden his heart? <laughs> you know, I had a question about that because I saw it in the Word and I thought, now, what, what about that? And then I can remember Brother Hagin explaining it to us when we were at Ramah. Brother Hagin said, you know, it's like this. The same sun that melts wax hardens clay. And so if a person chooses to go the way of hardness, they'll just get harder. But if they'll go ahead and yield to that Spirit of God, they'll melt like wax. They'll just melt and, and, and go the way of God. And so that's what I'm believing the majority of people are going to do. 
But don't be too surprised during these, this time of revival if there's still some persecution going on. Don't be too surprised if there's still people that are going, eh. Yeah, I saw the miracle. Yeah, but I choose not to believe. Because there's still people that will do that. And we know, is the, we know that the dark is going to get darker and the light's going to get lighter. There's going to be such a, diversity, such a diversification between light and dark. People are going to choose. Thank God most of them are going to choose right. Thank God most of them are going to see what God is doing and go, I want that. Amen. God's going to burst in on them. Jesus said it would be like it was during Noah's day. Now, we ha- I, I, there's more types and shadows here. There's more prophetic examples. In Genesis 7, it tells us that the flood came from where? See, this is, this is where I really start to get excited. Because in Genesis chapter 7, it tells us the flood came from two places. It says that the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain came down, it fell down from heaven, but then it also says the fountains of the deep were broken up and water sprang out from within. Well, we already have talked about how this flood of glory is going to come from two places. God is going to open up the windows of heaven. He's going to pour out of His Spirit. More of His Spirit is going to be poured out. And then there's also going to be these rivers of living water flowing out of us. So that people... See, the purpose of the anointing is to set people free. And when that anointing is flowing out of you and me, people are going to be set free. They're going to be set free from sin. They're going to be set free from sickness, the disease, infirmities, all of these things that are affecting them. They're going to be set free. We're going to have these rivers of living water flowing out of us. Amen. But see, the thing is... In order for that water to come from within, the, from out of the earth, the fountains of the deep had to be broken up. And right now, God is shaking some things. Maybe you've noticed. <laughs> and, and here's my contention. If God can shake the political system in this country, He can shake anything. And if God can cause some things to happen politically and in government, which I firmly believe He did then what can He do in the church? The church that actually believes in Him, the church that's actually asking Him to do some things, what more could He do? You see, when it comes to revival, it, a revival has to happen in the church. Now, why do I say that? Well, you've got to be vibed before you can be revived. You've got to be alive before you can be made more alive. And so revival begins in the church And that means that God's people actually come to more life. We actually have revived to the point where we're actually doing what God's told us to do. And when we're doing that, then the lost come in. The sick are healed. The lame are made whole. I mean, sin is dealt with and taken care of by the blood of Jesus. Things just get better and better. And so this is what I believe God is doing around the world. It's not just in America. You know, you can look around America, well, yeah, sin's, sin's getting bad. I mean, they're calling evil good and they're calling good evil. It's getting, things are just getting flipped. It's not just America. Everywhere we go, we see the same thing. The same conditions, the same kind of sin even. 
around the world, even clear up the Amazon River. We saw the same stuff and just go, really? Way up here? How do they even know about this way up here? I can remember talking to Ron Thiessen about it. He said, you know, uh, in our conference, we need somebody to actually teach on end times. I said, really? They need to be taught about what's going on end time-wise? And I said, how do they even know what's happening in the world? And he, he, just, he just smiled and pointed. And, and I saw, okay, there's a solar cell and a satellite TV dish. <laughs> and so the same news that we get, they're getting clear up the Amazon jungle. We saw the same thing in the village in Nepal. No electricity. They've got a solar cell. They've got a satellite TV. They're, they're downloading everything that we see. They know. And so these tribal people are seeing the same kind of stuff that we're seeing. It's the same kind of sin in America. It's all around the world. And it's getting full. So we know this thing is coming to a head. The good news is we get to get on out of here if we'll go ahead and finish our, our work, finish our job. And Brother Hagin said what? He said, go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit so that you can catch this next wave. Pray that the next wave comes, and then when it comes, continue to pray in the Holy Ghost so you can ride that wave. So that you can go ahead and get involved in the purposes of God for this time and this hour. And so that's why I believe God is causing, he's having us, everywhere we go, people are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. People have never even heard of it before. And it's been easy to get people to yield to that and flow with it again. And that's a sign of revival. And so we're excited about it. One of the things I believe God is doing is, you know, he looks at these tribes he looks at each and every tongue, each and every tribe, each and every people group as one of his kids. And he wants to hear their language. These 7,000 that don't know him, they're not providing that language. And so he's looking to us. He's looking to the church. Would you pray in their language? Would you intercede on their behalf? He's wanting to hear the language. He's going to hear every language around his throne. Well, he's kind of wanting to hear it now. You know, there's really no time in the Spirit. And so he's looking for people that will go ahead and intercede. He's looking for people that will go ahead and pray in the Spirit for these tribes that have never heard, for these tribes that need to come in. He's looking for people that will pray in the Spirit so that the Spirit of God will pour out from above. He's looking for people that will release these rivers of living water out of their innermost being so that it can meet up with what's being poured out from above. He's looking at people that will be involved. Would you be involved in this revival, this end-time move of God? You see, this huge harvest that needs to come in, it's going to take more than our church programs to make it happen. And God has saw fit. He knows what it's going to take. And so He's going to provide us what we need. He's going to give us the Spirit like never before. We're going to have a flowing out of us that's going to be coming down from above. But yet we've got to pray. And so that's, that's really the message that the Lord has given for the churches here in America, at least through my wife and I, is we need to pray. We need to pray like, like, like revival depends on it. And we need to go ahead and yield to the Spirit of God. Let Him take you into avenues of the Spirit that you haven't been before. You see, when it comes to your own devotional prayer time, yeah, pray in your understanding. Pray that list that you've got. Pray somebody else's list. Yes, do that. But once you're done with that, then you need to pray what the Spirit of God wants you to pray. 
He's got whole realms of things that he wants prayed out, and he's looking for people that will yield to him and pray in the Spirit this way. You know, Liz and I, many times we'll get together and pray, and of course we'll pray in our understanding. You know, Paul said, I will pray with my understanding. I will pray in the Spirit. I will sing with my understanding. I will sing in the Spirit. And so it's subject to your will. You can pray in tongues anytime you will it. You can sing in tongues anytime you will it. Paul said, I will. And so we need to go ahead and, and exercise our will, pray in the Spirit, and then ask the Spirit of God to take us into places we haven't been before. And He will. There's been times when Liz and I are praying in the Spirit, we're praying in tongues, and, and there's times when we've prayed in five or six different languages in one setting. And the Lord will just kind of move us into a different language, and we go, cool. <laughs> and we've learned to yield to it. Now, now, some might think, well, not everybody can do that. Well, I think anybody that's hungry to do that can do that. If you'll go ahead and just go and, and ask God to take you and yield to Him, He can take you into places you've not been before. And I know we've, been, I know we've prayed in tribal languages. I, last time we were down on the Amazon, I, I was listening. Ron Thiessen grew up in the Amazon. His parents were Wycliffe Bible translators. So he grew up amongst the, uh, I just lost the name of that tribe, Bora. He grew up amongst the Bora tribe. and he, So Ron grew up speaking English, Spanish, and Bora. And while we were at the convention, a bunch of the Bora people came to Ron, and they're, they're chatting away in Bora. It's kind of... I'm, I'm, I like hearing that kind of thing. But they're, they're having a conversation in Bora, and I went, I've heard that before. I've prayed that language before. That is so cool. Well, all of us can pray like that. And God is really calling us all to go into that area. See, you might be thinking, well, I can't go overseas as a missionary. No, but you can pray for a tribe. That needs to be reached. You know, I, I testified this morning that I knew people were praying when I got shoved into that closet and had to hide for a while. But yet, I've also talked with missionaries that know when people are praying because it gets so much easier for them to do their missionary activity. And so I know that if we'll target these tribes, if we'll pray for these tribes, God will move. And it may not be an American missionary that goes to them. In fact, it probably won't be. But it'll be somebody that knows the good news, that's willing to go across this imaginary border. Because it's, it's, not, a, it's not a national border. It's not a country border. It's just a cultural border. They'll go across that border and get them saved. Hallelujah. But we've got to pray. Amen. And so for the rest of the evening, I just feel like it's, it's right for us to, well, we're, we're going we're gonna to do some praying, and my wife's going to help with this, and, and, but I feel like if you would like to have hands laid on you to, to help you get to that other, another place in the spirit realm, that I would like to do it. Yeah, this is something else that the Lord has been working through us with. Is sometimes people kind of get stuck in their prayer language. You know, they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, they, they get their devotional prayer language, and, 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 they, and sometimes it gets stuck with just a, just a handful of words. And what, what God's really wanting to do is to free people up so that they can pray that language 
to the because it's a language. It's not just a few words. It's a language. It, it it has punctuation. It has it has ebb and flow. It has intonation. It's got all of that. And if you yield yourself, you can pray all of it, and not just part of it. And when you yield to it and pray all of it, there's going to be more that has taken place in the spirit world, especially when it comes to revival and revival of this nation. And so if you've ever kind of been stuck in, you know, I know that 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 happens. And I can remember I was at a men's meeting. Oh, gosh, this was 30 years ago. And and it was Dr. Roy Hicks. Uh, one of Brother Hagen's close friends, a four-square guy, but yet a word of faith guy. And Dr. Roy Hicks was, it was all us men. And sometimes men have a, have a harder time with this because men have a harder time with language, period, you know. We tend to grunt and, and, and do other things rather than speak. And, and so Roy Hicks Sr. was standing in front of all these men, and it was a, it was a large crowd of men. And first of all, he got everybody that hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost. He got them baptized in the Holy Ghost, had them speaking in other tongues. But then he talked to the rest of us and said, those of you that have been stuck, those of you that have had some problems, maybe you've only got a few words, or maybe you know there's more, but you just haven't got there. He said, I'm going to help you get there. And so he was laying hands on this power of God was flowing, and people were unstuck. And he even gave us a few exercises to do. And I thought, well, that's different. He, he said, here's what I want you to I want you to pray in your, in your devotional language. You, you, you start praying, and then I want you to speed it up twice as fast. He said, it's subject to your will. You can do that. And so, you know, I thought, well, that's different. And so I went ahead and I was praying in my, other, in my, in my devotional language, and then I just speeded it up on purpose, you know, twice as fast as it was. And then he said, now slow it down. It's subject to your will. Now slow it down. And so we all slowed it down. He said, now change languages. And I did. And I thought, well, that's different. I have never seen anybody do this kind of thing before. But you know what? It freed me up. And it freed a whole bunch of other people up. And there may be some that would go, well, now, wait a minute. Show me that in the Bible. You know what? Well, it's in the Bible. It's called diverse kinds of tongues. And yeah, not everybody may not everybody may get there, but I believe everybody can, just like everybody can get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. If you're born again, this is something for you. This is yours. Well, you can go a little further with it. If you got that desire, you got that hunger, he can go ahead and take you into areas. He can have you praying in other languages, a language you've never even prayed before. And it, things will get done in the spirit world. Things will get done in the natural world. And it'll bless you. I mean, it'll bless you to the point where things then begin to happen in your own life. And you go, wow, that, I've been wanting this to happen for quite some time. And now it's going on. Why is it going on? Because you're praying what the Spirit of God knows to pray. You're not limited to what you're, you're thinking in your own mind. Well, it's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. Now, I've discovered a long time ago. That when I try to figure out how God's going to do something, He doesn't do it that way. But when I pray in the Spirit and let Him do it the way He wants to do it, then I look back and go, wow, I'd have never thought of that. And He's, he's going, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm smarter than you are. <laughs> he, he knows everything. 
He knows the beginning from the end. He knows before the beginning and after the end. He knows all of it. And so He's the one that can help you pray the things that you need prayed out in your own life. But then also in the life of your community, in the life of your church, in, in the life of this nation, and in the tongues and tribes that need to be reached. He knows how to pray it. So if we'll just yield to Him. Amen. Now, and now sometimes at this point I have a hard time landing the airplane, so to speak, because we, we've been kind of circling the field for a while now, and we need to land. And, and there's a number of things that can take place. If there's anybody in here that's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, well, tonight's your night. I mean, you can receive. And so if, if that's speaking to you, then we'll pray with you. You'll receive. But then for the rest of you that would maybe want to have hands laid on you to, to give you that zap to take you into other realms of the Spirit, to pray in other tongues, to get unstuck, or to, to pray in a language that you haven't prayed for, well, we'd like to pray for you as well. And so I, I'm not going to give multiple invitations. I'm just going to give one invitation. And if you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with speaking other tongues, then just tell me before we lay hands on you, and we'll, we'll know which direction to go. Now, if I don't hear you so saying anything to me, then we're just going to lay hands on you and believe God to free you up and get you into places in the spirit realm that you haven't been before, maybe even praying in a language you've never prayed before. And, you know, really we're also asking for a commitment. Will you commit to praying for this revival? Will you commit to praying for your community, for praying for your church, for praying for this nation? I mean, this nation has still got a lot that it needs to do. You know, and I, I think finally we're, we're turning the corner to get back on track in some things, but we need to continue to pray for it. And then there's all of these nations that need to come in. You know, this is the part when, when, when we play that video, a lot of times... I sit and watch that video and just start crying. I mean, I just, it's like, okay, here I am crying again and i got to get up and speak. <laughs> but I'm crying and as I ask my wife, why is this, why does it make me cry to watch that? And she said, well, it's because you love those people. I said, yeah, but it's also because God's heart is to reach those tribes, to reach these tongues, to reach these languages. And so if we can get you praying for those tribes, that would be good. I said, land the airplane. Land. You have clearance. The runway is open. <laughs> Amen. And so now's when I want to yeah, help me here. She'll help me land. You got something you want to say? There's a microphone right there. Also, I just believe that... Uh, we create an anointing when we pray together. So I, I want all of us, whether you want to come up here and get prayed for or not, I, I believe that God would do something in your heart tonight and do something in the midst of, of, of all of us. If we, you know, there's an anointing now. It's coming down. Amen. Are you with me? Holy Spirit, pour it out here tonight. And, and you can get freed up whether you come up or not. So just just pray. Pray, pray like you never prayed before. Pray out of your heart. Yield to the Holy Spirit. You know, yielding is a, is a matter of saying yes. Okay, I believe Holy Spirit, and I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna flow with you. And and when you do that, you know, Holy Spirit, He's fun, <laughs> and He'll take us places. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.